Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. So praise the Lord. I'm going to the word of the Lord, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, New King James. It's great to be in the house of God here in Prairieville. I guess it's Prairieville, Gonzales, and uh, some of you may know my parents. Um, and actually, years ago, they started a church right here in Prairieville, and then they were able to acquire the building in Gonzales. So that church in Gonzales was started there, as well as the Spanish church. So I've been preaching here for quite a few years, and before that, they were in Galvez for a while. So, uh, and I've I've been able to come here to your congregation in the old building, and now uh, the new building. Uh, and so it's great to see that what God is doing. Amen. And so I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. I want to preach today the faithful God. You may be seated. The faithful God. Now let me just make a few uh, preliminary remarks. Uh, as you heard, I'm the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, and your church and pastor are associated with the UPCI. We don't believe that we're the only uh, church that's preaching truth, but we do believe that we're one of the main forces for apostolic revival around the world. So I want you to know it's churches just like your church and pastors just like your pastor who enable us to fulfill our mission, which is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. And I'm happy to report here in the U.S. and Canada, which is our home base, we have 4,825 churches. We have right around 10,500 credentialed ministers. Now, you can see what God is doing right here in Prairieville, Ascension Parish. You can see the dollars you give, the prayers you pray, the people you influence. You see how the church is growing. You see how people are being blessed. But what you can't see is by joining with thousands of churches, uh, you are actually helping us reach the whole world because we are now in 194 nations out of 210 on the population census, plus 35 territories. We now have 42,000 congregations around the world, right at 5 million constituents. That's your church. That's you. And it's exciting to see what God is doing literally around the world. And the church is growing. This is the greatest day for the church. I know sin abounds, but where sin abounds, the Bible says grace does much more abound. Yes, the pressures of a secular society weigh upon us. But we have the privilege of being a light in a dark world. And now more people are being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ than at any time in human history. More people are receiving the Holy Spirit than at any time in human history. This is an exciting day in which to live. It's not because we're great. It's because God is great. 
It's not because we are so extraordinary. We're just ordinary people. We're no better than anybody else or any other church. It's just the grace of God. But we know the name of Jesus, and we know the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to preach God is faithful. We're serving the faithful God. Now, in the context of Deuteronomy, Israel was getting ready to enter the promised land, the land that God had given them. God knew that they would encounter many different people in that land who served many different gods. Some of the gods were Baal, goddess, Ashtaroth. There were Dagon, Molech, Chemosh. The philosophy of that day was every nation had a God, every hill and valley and river had a God. If you wanted to prosper in the land, you wanted your crops to grow, your flocks and herds to multiply, you needed to worship the gods and goddesses of fertility and associated with that land. And so God knew his people, the Israelites, would have this great temptation to worship these so-called gods. That's why in the preceding chapter, chapter Deuteronomy 6.4, we have this classic statement. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we still believe that today. There's only one true living God. There's not a multiplicity of gods or personages, but we know there's only one God. He's revealed in the flesh as the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. So in this next chapter, chapter 7, in the context, God is helping his people to identify the true God in contrast to all the false gods. So while there are many gods and lords so-called according to the philosophy of the world, only one of them is the faithful God. There's only one It's trustworthy and dependable. That's how you know him in contrast to all the false gods. Now, to be faithful means someone who keeps his word, someone who's loyal, steadfast, true, trustworthy, someone you can safely put your faith in, and you will never be disappointed. The opposite of faithful is unfaithful. The unfaithful person in the book of Proverbs, it says like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. Well, think about that. If you're sitting down in the chair with a, let's say you got a sprained ankle or a broken foot, it may not really bother you when you're sitting in the chair. But when you stand up and try to put your weight on it, it fails. So the characteristic of unfaithful is this. When you don't need it, it's okay. It's just when you need it that it fails. You know, there you can have lots of friends. The unfaithful friend will come to your party. The unfaithful friend to go, will go out to lunch when you're paying for the lunch. I mean, the unfaithful friend will be there for you until you really need it. Then the unfaithful person is nowhere to be found. But I'm here to tell you that God is faithful in every circumstance, in every situation. Now you might be saying, you know, here in Ascension Parish, we don't have a lot of people serving Baal and Ashtaroth. Well, that might be true, but people in Louisiana have their gods. Because whatever would prevent someone from serving the true God, that has become their God. So if they can't come to church on Sunday because they're too busy with the pleasures of life, then pleasure has become their God. When they can't 
they don't really want to repent of their sins and pursue a holy life because of money, materialism, social status, whatever, then those things have become their God. When they don't want to be baptized in Jesus' name because of their family tradition or religious heritage, even a religion can become their God. People are, they depend upon themselves. Well, I've got some money in the bank. I've got some insurance. I've got a retirement plan. If something goes wrong, I'm good. I can take care of it. Well, those things become their God. But here's the problem. All those gods, or if you will say the philosophies of life, they're all unfaithful. Because when you don't need them, it might seem to be okay. So when you got a good job, you got some money in the bank, your family's doing well, your marriage is strong, and life is good, well, you could say, my philosophy, my pursuit of pleasure, my pursuit of money, you know, my gods are blessing me. It's all working just like I intend. Everything's good. Why do I need church? Why do I need anything else? But the test of your God or your philosophy is not when everything's going right. The test of your God is when something goes wrong. What happens when the doctor looks you in the eye and says you don't have any more hope? What happens when you get the terrible phone call and there's a car wreck? There's a family member in the hospital. What happens when your kid's on drugs? What happens when your marriage is falling apart? What happens when you go through the trials of life? Most of all, what happens when you're at the moment of death itself? What you'll find out is all that the gods of this world are unfaithful. All the money in the bank cannot solve your problems. All your pursuit of pleasure cannot give you peace of mind, cannot help you to go to sleep at night, cannot put your marriage back together, cannot deliver your son or daughter. I'm telling you there's only one God who's faithful in the good times and the bad times. There's only one God who's faithful when you've got lots of money and when you don't have any money. There's only one God who's faithful when you're sick or when you're healthy. There's only one God who can bring you through all the trials of this life. There's only one God who can bring you into eternal life. He's known in the Old Testament as Jehovah, but he has been revealed in the flesh as the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the book of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the faithful God. Oh, praise the Lord. He's the faithful God. You can count on him. You can depend on him. He won't let you down. The faithful God. The faithful God. Let me share a few ways in which our God is faithful. And if you're a visitor here today, you're rather new, and you think, what's wrong with these people? They found that God is faithful. Somebody they can trust. Somebody they can count on. Hebrews 11.6 is a simple but profound statement. It says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now the first part of the verse says you must have faith. If you want to be saved, if you want to live for God, you want to please God, you want to receive blessings from God, it's by faith. You don't come to God bragging, I've lived a pretty good life, I'm a good person, I deserve this, I deserve that. No, you come to God saying, I've sinned, I've fallen short, forgive me, I want to serve you. And that's how 
That's how we receive the forgiveness of sins. That's how our sins are washed away. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, we're calling on the name of Jesus because we're trusting that he's our Savior, that his blood washes away our sins. We can't wash away our own sins. We're trusting in Jesus. When we receive the Holy Spirit and we begin speaking in tongues, that's not something we make up. That's not something we do. That's something God does when we open our hearts in faith. We try to pursue a holy life. We don't live holy in order to earn our salvation. We live holy because we are saved, because God is changing us. We're trusting in him. We're believing his word is really true, and so we want to obey his word. We're living a new life because God is changing us. We're no longer trusting on our way of doing things or the world's way of doing things. We're trusting God's way of doing things. It's faith. But the second part of this verse is is important. It says that if we do put our faith in him, he will never let us down. He will be faithful to us. Because it says you must believe that he always rewards those who diligently seek him. God will always reward the diligent seeker. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you speak Spanish or English. It doesn't matter what country you're born in. It doesn't matter how many sins you've committed or what kind of sins you committed. People might label you or categorize you for any or all of those things. But to God, he looks at every human being as his child created in his image. And so if you will seek him, you have this guarantee he will respond. Now, if you want to hold on to your sins, you can't do that and serve God at the same time. You can't have two masters. But if you're willing to let go of your sins, to repent of your sins and turn to God, you have a guarantee he will hear and answer your cry. God is not prejudiced. He's not biased. You don't have to try to twist his arm to convince him. You don't have to try to make deals with him. No, all you have to do is call upon him in faith. All you have to do is repent of your sins. Why? Because he's made a commitment to you. In other words, God is faithful to save. If you want to be saved, I don't care who you are. God wants to save you. And the church should be the same way. It doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. The church welcomes you because you were created in the image of God. Jesus Christ died for your sins. In other words, if you want to be saved, you can be saved. If you want to have your sins washed away, your sins can be washed away today. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you can receive God's Spirit today. How can I be so sure? Because he's the faithful God. He keeps his word. That's just the way he is. The faithful God. God is faithful to save. My wife and I started church in Austin, Texas. It was in 1992. I served as pastor for 18 years until I was elected general superintendent, had to resign the church. But in that time, we started in our home. We went to a rented building for four years. We had built our first building, second building, third building, and uh, it grew to uh, about 1,000 people. And in that time, we started 16 other churches out of that church, which also ended up being about 1,000 people. 
I don't have the time to tell you, but I can just give you testimony after testimony. We had people from about 30 different nationalities. Uh, we had people who came that were atheist or agnostic. We had people who were Muslim. I personally have baptized Muslims in Jesus' name, laid hands upon them, and seen them begin speaking in tongues as God filled them with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we had Buddhists saved in our church, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Catholics, Protestants. We even had people raised Pentecostal that got saved, which can be a challenge. Amen. So I can give you testimonies of all walks of life. And I remember one man, he was our concrete contractor from New York City. He told me he, he had been agnostic, and he'd actually had a time where he shook his fist in the sky and said, God, if you're real, kill me right now. And since God didn't kill him, he figured there was no God. So when uh, we were building our first building, we used him as our contractor. He wasn't interested in God at all. He was a millionaire. He had, was very successful as a young man. And uh, he had beautiful home, cars, motorcycle, boat, airplane. You know, he, he didn't need God. Well, when we built our second building, we tried to hire him. We found out his business had gone bankrupt. He had lost everything. He and his wife were getting a divorce. He uh, was on alcohol and drugs. He would lost all of his possessions. He was an insomniac. He couldn't sleep at night. And, he, and, and so he's physically, emotionally exhausted. And so we hired him to help us, and our men began to talk to him about the Lord. This time he was a little more receptive. Uh, and, and so one day I was in my office, and they came over from next door on the job site and said, Pastor Tony is repenting of his sins. He wants to get baptized. So we took a break from work. We baptized him in Jesus' name. We took him to the men's conference to receive the Holy Ghost. He prayed every night but never received the Holy Ghost there. Uh, they had promised him if he would go to men's conference, he'd receive the Holy Ghost. And so the last service he prayed, he didn't receive the Holy Ghost. They were coming back Saturday afternoon to check out. Uh, he, he's from New York City. So he said, I thought you told me I'd receive the Holy Ghost. What's, what's wrong? They said, well, we're going to go back to the hotel room and we're going to pray some more. We're not going to check out until you receive the Holy Ghost. And so he did receive the Holy Ghost that afternoon. His wife got into the church. His marriage was restored. It doesn't matter how far away from God you might be. If you, want, if, if you will turn your heart toward God, God is looking to save you. He's not looking for ways to send people to hell. He's looking for ways to save people. And so here's an example of someone you would say, no way he could be saved. But yet God was just looking for the right opportunity to reveal truth. And when he turned and accepted it, God was right there for him. God didn't hold it against them that, that he had cursed God, that he was an atheist, that he was from New York City. He had been a rock and roll concert promoter. God didn't hold anything against him. God was looking to save and uh, Tony uh, start, has started another concrete business, getting fast, fantastically successful, and, and got all those things back and then some. Uh, and has blessed the church, blessed Urshan College and Urshan Graduate School with all that stuff. He's, now, he's from New York City. He's Italian. He's in the concrete business. And he tells me, you don't want to meet some of my family members back in New York. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> But God is faithful to save. Let me read another verse of Scripture. I'm going to hasten on. 
In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, we have this statement, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is a letter written to the church. I do have a shocking statement. If you're a first-time visitor, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I do kind of sorry I'm saying this, but if, if this really messes you up, then you talk to Pastor Donovan after the service. Make an appointment. I'll be leaving town tomorrow, but he'll stay, and he'll take care of every problem. He'll answer every question. But here's the thing, the shocking, sad truth. Sometimes Christians sin. Now, it's not supposed to happen, and I hope you're treated well here today by all the saints. I don't think anybody here is going to go out and rob a bank or anything like that. But, you know, sin can be in your heart, your attitude, your spirit, your speech. Sometimes you don't even realize it until the preacher's preaching, and then you get convicted. But here's the good news. Now, if, we're, if we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. You say, well, I feel bad. Well, if you're living in sin, you should feel bad because that guilt motivates you to repent. But what if you repent and you say, Lord, I don't want to live this kind of life. I don't want to be this kind of person. I don't want to be full of hatred or jealousy or prejudice or whatever. I, I, want, to be a, I want to be cleansed. God will forgive you. So do not accept condemnation from the devil. Do not listen to your own feelings. Listen to the word of God. It says he is faithful. That means he'll do it every time. So whether you it's a sin of the moment or whether you walk out and go into a sinful lifestyle for many years, if you realize what you've done and you come back to God and repent, God is still there. He still loves you. He still cares. He's ready to forgive you. Why? Because God is faithful to restore not only faithful to save you in the beginning, he will restore you. I told you Tony was on alcohol and drugs. Well, some of the men of our church work with him for one year every day contacting him to pray with him to make sure he would stay clean. You could be saved in one day, but you, changing your life takes time. And so during that time, guess what? Tony did slip up. He failed. He stopped coming to church. He wouldn't answer my calls. He wouldn't respond. He was so embarrassed. One day I went over to his house, knocked on the door, invited myself in, and I talked to him. And I said, Tony, you failed, but God didn't fail. God did a miracle in your life. Don't lose it now. God delivered you. Don't go back. Because God that started the process, he'll give you the grace to go all the way. Don't give up on God. You fell down, but God didn't fall down. You just need to get back up, come back to church. Nobody at church is judging you. Nobody at church is rebuking you. Everybody's just waiting to see you come back. They're going to love you just the same. And Tony did come back, and he was restored. He still is in church today. In fact, he's an ordained minister of the United Pentecostal Church because God is faithful to restore. One more verse of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I do have one more shocking statement to tell you that if you are a visitor, I don't want you to be dismayed. No temptation, this is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, here's the shocking statement. Sometimes Christians have trials. Now, I know we tell you this is a glorious life. It's wonderful. This is great. It gets greater, greater every day. God helps you with all your problems. That's all true. But we usually don't say, and you will have trials along the way. But you will. But here's the thing. When you go through a trial, don't blame God. Did you know people of the world have trials? Did you know people of the world get sick? People of the world, they lose their loved ones. They get in car wrecks. They go through divorce. That's not because you're a Christian. It's because you're human. You're still in this world as a member of the sinful human race. You have not been glorified yet. God did not promise to block all trials, but he did promise to screen all trials. The fact that you're going through a trial is proof that you can get out of it because God would have never let it come your way if he wouldn't give you grace to go through it and get out of it. Even if you die praying for the answer, you wake up with the answer. You can't lose when you're living for God. He will give you the grace every step of the way. In other words, God is faithful to sustain you during your trial. And then God is faithful to deliver you out of the trial. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul prayed three times to be delivered from a trial. God didn't deliver him, but God said, my grace is sufficient. So as a child of God, I'm just wanting to assure you, whatever you have to go through, God is going to give you the supernatural grace to go through it and stay strong. And then at the right time, God is going to answer and he's going to bring you out of that trial. You just got to trust in him that he is faithful. You might say, well, well, Brother Bernard, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, I probably don't. But I know a few things for myself. You've been through some trials I haven't been in, but I've been some trials that you haven't been in. But I'm not just talking about my personal experience. I'm talking about the Word of God. It says God is faithful. That means he does it every time. You can count on it. God is faithful to sustain you during your trial and to deliver you out of your trial. You know, I told you we have churches in 194 out of 210 nations. Most of the rest of those nations that are unreached are very small, like 100,000 people, island nations, or 99% Muslim nations where we can't get a missionary. But I do want to tell you, most of the Muslim countries that are officially closed, we still have people. Some of them we have gotten in through the Internet, and we, they hold services by watching uh, services streamed on the Internet in their language. They receive the Holy Ghost in their home. They, when, when it's time to get baptized, they cross the border to a neighboring country where we have churches that can operate legally. We baptize them in Jesus' name and send them back home after their vacation. We have communist countries where we have missionaries that we cannot even identify as missionaries. We don't even advertise some of these missionaries, but they're there. We have ministers there. I've been to some of those countries. I've ministered. I've baptized in the hotel bap- bathtub. I've baptized in a mountain stream. And, and uh, we get these various reports. But so uh, I was in Liberia earlier this year. We have a strong church that over the last 23 year, 25 years, they went through two civil wars and the Ebola crisis. Their general secretary was executed by a child soldier at a, 
at a stop on the street. Their superintendent was arrested, slated for execution, marched down the street, uh, and he was expecting to be shot in the back at any time when the commander suddenly pulled him aside and said, uh, we don't know why we're doing this. Let's move him aside. And they, they shot the next person instead. Uh, they went through a famine during the midst of the Civil War. The headquarters church was in the, like a no-man's land, and so they were safe there, but they couldn't leave even to get food because the war was raging all around. About 2,000 people were jammed in that church and the churchyard. And as the weeks went by, they got weaker and weaker. The pastor would sit down to preach, and finally he would just lay on the floor to preach. The people would lie on the floor or sit on the floor, and they would prop up their hands on the benches in order to raise their hands to praise God. Somebody said, why would you praise God in all this? The pastor said, where else would we turn? He's our only hope. The church did survive that civil war, and now we have 100,000 constituents in the country of Liberia. Praise God. I'll share one more testimony. My wife has a young woman that she's been mentoring for some years. Several years ago, she, during, uh, during one of these hurricanes, she got um, a lung disease from the fungus, and she also got Lyme disease. And this triggered a, a severe allergic reaction where she couldn't eat any kind of meat or dairy products. She could literally die within minutes. So everywhere she goes, she carries an EpiPen, and her husband, who is a medical doctor, he carries an EpiPen. That when she went to the doctor, and, and I'll tell you the backside of the story, he told her just recently, he said, I've had 30 patients with this. 28 have died. No, 25 patients. He said, 23 have died. One had a lung transplant, and you're the, the other one. He said, I expected you to last one year. He was an atheist, but he told her, he said, if you believe in a higher power, now's the time to start talking to that higher power. Well, just three weeks ago, he called her in for tests. And then he called her in a second time and a third time. He said, something is not working right. Something's wrong. He said, you don't show any signs of the disease. He said, this is medically impossible. I can't explain this. He said, look, would you do me an experiment? I have a Wendy's hamburger here. I want, and I've got a, a bunch of EpiPens right here. Would you eat this and let me watch and see what happens? She ate a hamburger for the first time in five years. No reaction. He said, let's go get some ice cream. Can you eat that? Then he got some pizza. Then he got some cream cheese. Four different things. She passed no reaction, completely healed. He said, this is medically impossible. He says, I want to come to your church because this is shaking everything I believe. He says, I'm an atheist, but this shakes my belief in atheism because this cannot be explained. I'm telling you the faithful God is here right now. Why don't we stand and worship God? The Lord is moving by his spirit. If you need to be saved, you're in the right place. If you need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're in the right place. If you need to be healed or delivered, you are in the right place. We're serving the faithful God. Can we worship the Lord right now? As the musicians come, Pastor Hill, if you want to come, I'm asking if you just close your eyes right now.
If there's somebody here today and you need the Lord, you know you need to live for God and maybe you're not really living for him right now, would you come to the front? If you would kneel or stand. And while I'm speaking just for a moment, if somebody feels led to say, I want to come, but I want somebody to come with me, could you just reach over to someone and say, would you come with me? If you'd like to come to the front, if there's someone, maybe you are living for the Lord, but you've never been filled with God's Spirit, with the sign of speaking in tongues, it's a miracle of God. Why don't you come right now? God will fill you with His Spirit today. If there's someone, you need an answer, not just a general answer next week, but you need a very specific answer right now for you or maybe a family member. Why don't you come? If you need healing, you need deliverance, you need direction for your life, you need strength. I know there got to be some people all over the building. Would you just come? If you'd like to come and seek the Lord, let's come and pray. The faithful God is here right now. Everybody in the building, would you take a moment to talk to the Lord, the faithful God? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.